0: hi it's the wire a few days after Terence Crawford's victory over Sean Porter let's talk about it but first remember the opinion you should follow should be your own just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online now let me just say I have the utmost respect for Kenny Porter I've tried to follow his interviews for years but he made a mistake and it's a big one this was a competitive fight right up until the last punch now while that tenth round may have been a 10-7 round because of the second knockdown understand this was Porter's big opportunity to put a Hall of Fame glow To leave a last impression of Hall of Fame credentials on his entire career, right? This was his moment. Now, let's understand who he was fighting, right? Crawford has a low-key demeanor. But make no mistake, I personally believe, and I'm just talking for myself here, that he's the best pound-for-pound in the sport, I right? need for people to look past the demeanor and look at the reality. A guy like Jaime Munguia enters the ring with 30 KOs in 38 fights. Right, He's unbeaten. Right, 30 KOs in 38 fights. And if you knew nothing about Munguia, just the way he carries himself, you know he's a knockout puncher. Right? He walks in, he has a certain air of, hey, I'm the man. I can impose myself on others. Guys can't take my punch. Right, You know that puncher's mindset. It's just like Prime Mike Tyson. You saw Mike Tyson in the ring, the way he looked at opponents, the way he carried himself, and you understood. Mike doesn't expect this fight to go the distance right let's talk about another fighter who for many is the best pound for pound Saul Alvarez 58 fights 39 KOs right and when Canelo's there and Canelo is fighting even taller men you understand that as Canelo is trying to close the gap on Kovalev the idea is hey buddy when I close this gap you're gonna be in trouble Right? I'm here to take the judges out of this. Well, you don't get that bravado with Crawford. People misunderstand Crawford. I personally believe Crawford has been the best at Welter for years. And this is Crawford's second act. Because Crawford, of course, was undisputed at 140. Crawford's unbeaten in 38 fights just like Jaime Munguia. Crawford has 29 knockouts. Understand folks, for all the low-key Terence Crawford persona that he has, for the fact that he insists whatever he does on calling himself Bud. Right? This is the this is the great who wants to be in the crowd with the fans. This is the great who wants to be considered your neighbor, right? Understand that Crawford is arguably the best closer in the game. I'm sure we all have a short list of people we don't want to be semi-conscious in front of, right? I'm sure that list includes Deontay Wilder, for example, Anthony Joshua, another excellent closer, for example, Right? Just understand, whatever short list you have, Terrence Crawford is not someone you want to be woozy in front of. Let's also talk a little further about Crawford's style, but first let's return to Kenny Porter. The dad, the trainer of Sean Porter. Now on my scorecard, I had Sean Porter up three rounds to one. I did not give Terrence Crawford the second round, as many people have. Right? I had Porter up. I had Porter at the time of the stoppage winning at least four rounds. In other words, this is a competitive fight. Now understand, when Porter hits the canvas after the second knockdown, He's fully conscious to the point where he pounds the canvas with his glove. Right? I'm guessing he's thinking back to the combination, and he's thinking, man, I should have ducked, shouldn't I have? Right? Wow. Why didn't I just roll out of the way of that punch? In other words, the guy's not semi-conscious. He's fully conscious. He's just been caught. Right? He's just been set up by a master. But he's fully conscious. Porter's also thirty-four years old. Folks, this is his moment against another thirty-four year old who got knocked down in a recent fight. Right? Crawford's dropped by mean machine. Sean Porter understood when he's on the canvas that he had two more rounds, six minutes, to get Terrence Crawford out of there. Right now, I'm just telling you that history is replete with referees going over to corners, looking at the fighter and telling the fighter You're going to have to show me something for me to allow this fight to continue on. right? Didn't that happen in the Jeff Horn-Manny Pacquiao fight? Didn't Horn end up winning that fight? I'll tell you what. Rocky Marciano, unbeaten record. He has a split nose against Ezra Charles. It's split. Charles, of course, former heavyweight champion, Great fighter. The ref goes over to Rocky's corner and, according to folklore, says to Rocky, Hey, you got to do something this round. Or I'm going to have to stop the fight. Right? Marciano goes out and gets the stoppage. This is the stuff that makes boxing. Sean Porter wants to be a Hall of Fame great. He's in against, in my opinion, best in the sport, pound for pound. He got off to a fast start. Now he's on the canvas. He understands. A 10-7 round, I might not be able to catch up on the scorecards. This is my moment to close the show. Porter, of course, has stopped some people in the past. His father, and I get it, you're a father, you know, you have a problem seeing your kid bump into a wall. Right? I also understand that the Porters knew Crawford and Bomac. They understand that Crawford's a great fighter. I'm sure if anyone knows that Crawford can punch and that Crawford is a closer, it's people in the game who have been close to Crawford and Bomack, like the Porters. Well, all I can say is Kenny Porter decided to protect the health of his son who was in my opinion a hundred percent right what he didn't protect was his son's dream here of ending his career by beating the best pound for pound also understand where the crowd was they had just watched a surprisingly good fight right as I've said Porter on my scorecard won at least four rounds may have been ahead at the time of the stoppage, right? If you don't score the last round, right? With the knockdowns, I'll agree Crawford's ahead. But this is a sport that has stoppages. You thought, okay, well, now Porter understands he has to take this into his own hands. You thought, okay, now we're in the time of the fight where desperation becomes a factor. Instead, Kenny Porter pulled a plug. I think it's a mistake. I think it robbed his son, win, lose, or draw, of that opportunity. Now let's talk about the Crawford makeup, and I think it's important here, because I think it's only because Bud, I'm going to call him what he wants to be called, it's only because Bud is low-key, is a certain type of athlete, is a technician this is the craftsman what do i mean by that i mean several times including this fight he's in the ring against a better athlete right that was the case when he was in the ring against yorkie gamboa that was the case when he was in the ring against amir khan khan much faster hands much faster hands that was the case when he was in the ring with cal brook That was the case when Bud was in the ring with Sean Porter. You saw it there. The first third of the fight. Porter is faster than Terrence Crawford. Porter is more sudden. Porter moves better than Terrence Crawford. Or so it seemed. And Crawford, of course, craftsman. His attention to details his ability to mentally process make adjustments right Crawford of course figures out the adjustments now let's talk about who he's like Crawford is not MJ right the freak athlete Air Jordan right the freak athlete who also has freakish skills right that turnaround jumper the ridiculous ability to Play defense against you and to stay on you every step of the way. That's not who Crawford is. That's who Floyd Mayweather was. Right? Young Mayweather. Right? Mayweather was a freak athlete. Faster reflexes. Faster timing than anyone he fought. That's not Crawford. Right? So Crawford isn't Shaq. He's not the physical specimen you see where you're thinking, my goodness, this guy's just going to overpower people. No, Crawford's Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Where you look at Jabbar and you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, this guy just looks too low key to be a terror in the paint. Then you notice he's blocking shots, led the league and blocked shots several years. You're noticing he's getting a lot of rebounds you're noticing that he has back to the basket skills, close to the basket. So then you say to yourself, okay, well this guy down around the basket has game. Then he starts showing off a sky hook that extends to well outside Will Chamberlain's range well outside Shaquille O'Neal's range. Right? You know who Bud is? Bud is Larry Bird. Where you're looking at Bird and you say, you know, he's He's not a great athlete. But then you notice he's hitting shots and you start to think to yourself, wow, this guy's one of the dominant outside guys. Wow, this guy's game's efficient. Right? He goes 40, 50, 90. Two years in the 80s. Two. Right? You notice he's an above-average passer. And then, of course, the coup de grace, unlike Kevin Durant, Larry Bird averaged, averaged career, 10 boards a game. Right, put another way, Bud Crawford is not Randy Moss. Where you look at him and you're saying, this dude's faster than everybody else. This dude jumps higher than everybody else. Right, this dude just seems to be a better athlete than everybody else. No, he's Jerry Rice. The guy who was supposed to be a step slow, but yet seems to be wide open every time. You throw it to Jerry, it can be in a crowd, it could be Jerry by himself, Jerry's catching the ball. Great hands. Right? You're watching the game, somehow Jerry's in the end zone. It seemed, It seemed that Jerry Rice was in the end zone every game. That's who Bud Crawford is. To the people who think that a guy relatively fresh off of a major car crash, even more recently fresh off of eye surgery for retinal damage, has a shot against Bud Crawford, to the Errol Spence crowd, you're kidding yourself. Let's hope that fight gets made next. Right, folks, that's one of those fights where they could tell me Bud Crawford's a minus 150, and you and I know he's not going to be. Because Errol Spence enters the room like Jaime Munguia does. He fills up the room. You look at Spence and you say, oh yeah, punching power and stuff like that. Folks, both men fought. Sean Porter. Sean Porter makes it to the end of the Spence fight. Right? The one thing we know about Crawford is Crawford drops him twice with a couple rounds to spare. Right, Spence drops Porter once, Crawford twice. Right, I don't think that Spence fight works. Folks, fighters are just like the rest of us. If you were in a plane crash... I don't care if you were the best in the world, how many months would it be before you're ready to fight a Terrence Crawford? Right folks, Errol Spence was in a big time car crash. Errol Spence in a sport where guys are trying to hit you in the eye. Where Crawford looks like he's targeting Kel Brook's eyes and gets the stoppage. In that sport, you're telling me that Errol Spence is going to make a return to the ring post eye surgery against this fighter? You got to be kidding yourself. Understand, too. Look, I love Canelo, right? I know there are crowds out there that somehow feel that I hate Anthony Joshua, that I hate Canelo. Folks, when you're an elite fighter, fighting in big fights against big-time opposition. When you're a cash cow fighter fighting in front of sold-out crowds and people are talking about your fights, we're going to give you more scrutiny. Right? It's not hate. It's admiration. It's analysis. That's what I'm trying to do here. Saul Alvarez, just imagine who he'd be. If when Saul Alvarez comes over to you, and he's trying to set up a left hook, you then adjust, and you have that left hook blocked. right? Let's say you're throwing your own right hook. Let's say it's some dynamic where you can outmaneuver Canelo on that side. Now just imagine if Canelo could then change his feet, and suddenly you're fighting a southpaw. Suddenly you have a whole other set Of punches you need to deal with and angles you need to deal with. Right? Just imagine if Canelo could also just take a step back, not even try to come inside, and can just outbox you from distance. Right? If Canelo had that extra, he'd be Terrence Crawford. Right? Canelo, don't get me wrong, he's the more historical fighter right now any fighter who wins titles in different weight classes then decides to jump up to a new weight class, as he's becoming unified there, jumps up to the higher weight class, becomes light heavyweight champion, then drops back down and unifies 168. That's a historical fighter. I'll give Canelo the most historical fighter award. But when it comes to who's the best pound for pound, in other words, we imagine these guys against each other in their primes at the same weight technique on technique I believe the best is Terence Crawford in the comment section of this video I encourage other arguments right some of you are gonna pick Canelo please don't pick heavyweights pound for pound is supposed to be outside the heavyweight division understand heavyweights already get the glory Right? I recognize Fury Usig are among the best in the sport in any weight class, but they're heavyweights. We already shine a light on them. Tell us in the comment section who you feel is the best pound for pound. Now what I find fascinating is that in boxing, we focus on Crawford Spence. When Crawford has two guys in his weight class, who, in my opinion, would give him more problems than Errol Spence. Right, folks, the scariest footage, the scariest footage that I've seen this year from any fighter is the knockdown in the Jaron Ennis-Richard Comney fight. Folks, that's downright scary. Understand, you see Ennis. He's right-handed. He drops Comey. He's extremely coordinated. You don't find out whether a fighter is righty or lefty until he gets a knockdown like that. Because it's when Comey gets off the canvas and he's dazed and confused and Ennis needs to close the show that you realize that Ennis is a southpaw. Right? He's a tougher fight in my opinion on Crawford. Virgil Ortiz who has one of boxing's best jabs, who might be able to beat up Crawford from distance, would be a hell of a fight. Right? Crawford, after Crawford got dropped by Mean Machine, said, I want to see Ortiz fight Mean Machine. Ortiz did. He got dropped too. Right? Mean Machine belongs in this conversation, folks. Performance matters. But understand, Ortiz gets off the canvas and then drops Mean Machine. Just like Terrence Crawford did. Now let's talk about the mechanics of this fight against Porter. You know, Porter had this fight. This is a missed opportunity. Porter comes out, and I've long said this. When you're fighting a Terrence Crawford, right? When you're fighting an Usyk, same type fighter, Right? When you're fighting a Juan Manuel Marquez. Right? All of these guys in their 30s. I know Marquez is retired now. But understand, these guys give away the first two rounds. I know Usyk started fast against Gassiev and Joshua. Right? Don't get me wrong. They can deviate the script. But you notice that when a highly technical guy like Terence Crawford is in against a better athlete. Right? You notice that Crawford is going to be cautious. On the telecast they tell you that Crawford throws a reduced number of punches in the first round. Crawford needs to figure out the angles. Now let me just say, I believe better athletes like a Sean Porter, need to come in the ring with a strategy for the first two rounds to win the first two rounds without revealing their actual long-term plans. Here it's clear that Porter wants to be episodic. That Porter wants to jump in the pocket with big shots. Right? That Porter wants to throw both hands in the pocket. That was a mistake. Right? Because, of course, the problem is when I come in and I want to throw a 1-2, right? Or I want to throw, you know, left hook, right cross. That keeps me in the pocket against one of the best in the sport, pound for pound. Right. What Porter should have done is made this a messy fight. Should have shown up and said, you know, the first round, I'm going to fight this a little bit differently. Maybe he should have come in and just thrown big right hands. In other words, the idea is, let me get myself out of the pocket. Let me come in throw something big that's going to scare the daylights out of Terrence Crawford. Give Crawford something to think about. And let me follow through with the punch to be out of the pocket. Let me bounce a little bit in the first round to show the judges I'm active. Then, of course, as the fight progresses, you can change up. Now, Porter, as it is, gets off to a great start. But he's the same Sean Porter in the fifth round that he is in the first round. In other words, he's trying to jump in and throw a one-two, right? Two power shots. That's what he's trying to do. He knows Crawford is ambidextrous. He can't land his jab on Crawford. Right, so Crawford, of course, this is the last thing you want to do against the Terrence Crawford, against the Mayweather, against guys who adapt, Porter eventually figures out how to handle the ambushes. So, you start to notice that Crawford will hit Porter when he's on the way into the ambush. Right? You'll notice, too, that as Porter backs away from the ambush, Crawford has something for him. Let me say this too, and it's an underrated part of Crawford's game. Some guys are up on their toes and they draw you, the fan, into their movement. Right? Think Ali, Jaron Ennis on occasion. Right? They'll get up on their uh, toes, Crawford, uh, excuse me, Porter on occasion. They'll get up on their toes and they'll bounce. And the point is to let the fan see hey, here are my legs. You know, I'm moving around, this guy can't touch me while I'm moving. Right? Crawford has a different type of movement. So there's a moment in this fight where Crawford is between Porter and the ropes. Porter lunges in. Crawford has him so timed that Crawford pivots out of the way like a matador. Right? Porter blows by him. Crawford then hits Porter, it looks like, in the back of the head, (laughs) right? Now, on the telecast, no one talks about a rabbit punch, but one of the guys mentions, hey, that's a Cuban move, right? Just understand, if you're Sean Porter, you have to be dispirited because your whole game is an ambush game. And Crawford had him timed in the later rounds to the point where Crawford's just letting him run by him. Right? Crawford has a kind of lateral movement where you jump in and Crawford just looks like he glides left or right. That's another secret to Terrence Crawford. Right? He's unpredictable. As predictable as Porter was, Crawford's unpredictable. So here's what I believe. Porter needed to do. Rather than throw, rather than try to go for knockouts by throwing these crosses and hooks where he's jumping in and going, ha, ha, right? Rather than do that, after the fast start, he's up three rounds to one on my card, right? It's the first half of the fight. If the fight ends at the end of the sixth round, Porter wins the fight what Porter needed to do was to just target Crawford's core since Crawford had his entry point time since Crawford found the distance right he's forcing Porter to go through a jab then of course he has other punches as Crawford jumps in then he has lateral movement to keep Crawford turning right then he's hitting Crawford in the chest in the body As Crawford backs away, what Crawford needed to do was to make a commitment. This is his one last chance for greatness. Porter needed to keep his hands inside, give Crawford nothing to counter, then run inside, easier said than done, but run inside and stay inside because it's when he moved either from outside inside or from inside outside that Crawford punished him so the second half of the fight is Crawford taking advantage of Porter's movement making Porter miss and we know he missed because rather than have your hands together like this and just throw you know very short body shots. Try to get his body up against the other guy's body. For an example of a fight like this I want people to look at Tyson Fury against a superior athlete Otto Wallen where Fury gets cut, realizes he can't be on the outside against Wallen. So Fury comes inside and is leaning on Valen for much of the fight. That's what Porter needed to do in my opinion. To take away Crawford's ability to hit him as he was on the move. Well the second half of the fight is Crawford making the adjustments. Crawford had certain punches. He had a little chopping right hand that he would throw as Sean Porter started to jump in. Crawford understood that Porter's head is hard to hit because Porter ducks low. So, of course, when Crawford wasn't able to hit Porter's head, and he was for the second half of the fight, Porter would duck into punches. You notice that when Porter tried to stand up, Crawford would hit him in the chest And the body with shots. Right? It was interesting because you had Porter wearing war on his trunks, right, to honor marvelous Marvin Hagler. That was a Hagler thing. He would show up wearing a hat that said war. But yet it was Crawford who was throwing the punishing Hagler body shots. Right so what you had here was a magnificent last three rounds of the fight. Right, Crawford coming on late. In a highly competitive fight. Then of course the 10th round starts. You'll notice that the first knockdown's interesting. Because Porter comes in and is trying to throw punches, but of course he's in against Crawford. Who of course has punches zip by and then hits him as Crawford is bent over. Right, So Crawford then goes down. In other words, Bud is prepared to dodge punches and to throw low power on a guy playing a vertical game. Then, of course, the second knockdown, two-handed Bud is throwing power shots about, let's say, at his armpits and they both land clean and Porter goes down. So you understood Bud had the timing. Porter had two rounds to make this a dirty fight. Just run in. To act like Tyson Fury did against Otto Wallen. Right? Lean on the guy. Throw punches to the body. Maybe take a step back and hope that that uppercut lands. Didn't the uppercut land for Anthony Joshua against Vladimir Klitschko, right? The two guys are together, Joshua just leans back, lands the uppercut, that pretty much ends the fight. Hey, I'm a father myself, I understand Kenny Porter, who knows how lethal Terrence Crawford is, didn't want to see his son, who had been dropped twice in the 10th round, battered against one of boxing's premier closers, I still believe it was the wrong call, right? I respect Kenny Porter in terms of him looking out for his son. But this is the hurt business. His son came to win. When you're fighting Terrence Crawford, a guy with this KO percentage, again, 29 KOs in 38 fights, right? With this KO percentage, this resume, by the way, Jaime Munguia, not a world champion right now. Terrence Crawford, higher level of competition, right folks? He's trying to be undisputed in a second weight class. And yet, against world-class opposition that includes Amir Khan, stopped. Gamboa, who I mentioned earlier, stopped. Cal Brook, who I mentioned earlier, stopped. And now Sean Porter, who was never stopped before. Two-time welterweight champion, stopped. Right, Terrence Crawford had a guy down twice in the round against this level of competition. I believe Sean Porter's dad panicked a little bit. And in saving his son, deprived his son of the last six minutes of his career to beat the best in the sport pound for pound. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. Uh, great performance by Terence Crawford. Don't get me wrong; I don't deny that the ten eight—excuse me—the tenth round would probably be ten seven. That Porter would need a stoppage to win the fight, just like Rocky Marciano, right? I believe when a guy has had over two hundred amateur fights has had a pro career where he's been champion multiple times. And is challenging himself by fighting the best in the sport pound for pound. I believe you give that guy when he's clear-headed, when he's lucid enough to pound the canvas after the second knockdown, I believe you give that guy the opportunity to continue. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I look forward to your comments.